Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome to the finale of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast live sessions for 2022. This is our very last episode uh, before we call it uh, good for the year and uh, enjoy the holiday season and get ready for a big uh, 2023. So first and foremost, thank you to everybody who have been loyal listeners throughout the season. Uh, we hope that we've brought a lot of value to you both uh, from a hiring perspective as well as your own career perspective. If you are new to the podcast, we are here each and every week, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays in live fashion. You could join the MedTech Talent Lab community um, through a link that you can find on LinkedIn. Just Google Med or search MedTech Talent Lab. I will get you into the group and get you a link. Uh, but then I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing a variety of best-in-class leaders straight from the industry on all things talent-related, which you can check out just about anywhere you consume your podcast content, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google, you name it, it should be there. Um, today, we've got some special guests with us that have been with us uh, on and off on the regular throughout this whole year. Uh, Nick Swig and Shannon Hayes, thank you for being here. Penny Kittleson from our very own team here at the Anthony Michael Group is joining us for the first time. And of course, as always, my right-hand guy, Adam Soppy. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Good. Good. Well, I Good. thought uh, for this last session, we could have almost a roundtable <laughs> and kind of talk through some cool placements that each of us have been a part of uh, throughout the year, whether it's something that shouldn't have come together or something special that happened. I thought we could each share a personal story about a um, company and candidate placement that we made. So um, I would say who wants to start, but I know everybody's going to be quiet. So I'm just going to take the reins and call on somebody. Uh, uh, Penny, you're going to do the honors. You've been with us uh, as a rookie <laughs> this year, and I'm so proud of all the accomplishments you've had this year and all the great folks that you've been able to impact in a positive fashion. So why don't you share your story as to a placement that sticks out? So for me, am I, can I use names? I wouldn't use names. I would just give the premise of the, of the story. Okay. All right. Well, so all of my placements, this is going to sound very generic, but all of them have been very special to me because like Mitch shared, like this is all new for me and coming in, like you really do feel like you're, you're, you're changing their world. I mean, you are. Yeah. Um, and so when you have that realization that I'm taking somebody from something that they're maybe not a hundred percent happy with and finding them something that just fits, like it, it's special. Um, one that stands out for me a lot. Um, I was supposed to go to Colorado this Christmas, but of course I got sick along with the rest of the world. But I was actually going to meet with her when I went to Colorado because we formed a friendship throughout it. And when I called her to tell her that they had decided to give her the offer um, and we had kind of agreed on a dollar amount and we were able to go above it, um, thanks to the ha help of Adam Safi. 
And uh, I called her and she was literally in tears. Like I could hear her and she was like, you just changed my life. And that was just the coolest, like that kind of stuck with me. So like on the days where I'm like, you know, dialing the phone or doing the things and you just maybe want to, you know, not, (laughs) or you get the nose or different things like that. Like she sticks in my mind. Like whose, whose life can I change next is kind of how I look at it. So what position did you place her in? She was in regulatory affairs. Okay. Yeah. Why did she see it as an opportunity to make a change? What was in it for her from her perspective? So she was stuck in, in tissue and she really wanted to get into medical device. And I think financially she was at a place where she was doing a lot, but not being recognized as much for what she was doing. And this was an opportunity to really get her name on some things and, um, but the big thing for her did like, it was that, but also like the financial aspect of it. Like she was a single mom and this was this increase in pay was going to take her from where she was barely making it to where they had some choices. That's amazing. Awesome. <clears throat> Good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Uh, all right. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. We're going to go with Shandon. Um, <laughs> it's not rock, paper, scissors with you, Nick. <laughs> so I, I think unique to everybody else in this, uh, in this conversation, I didn't personally make any placements last year. So, um, or this year, I was very, very honored to lead probably the coolest team of recruiters that I have ever had the opportunity to work with. Um, and they covered everything from, you know, our fave like reg affairs to really obscure software and engineering roles to finance and everything and sales and all that good stuff. So although, you know, a chronic challenge for the business and and like many companies, especially once COVID hit was the very entry level, <clears throat> like warehouse shipping, receiving roles, assembly, things like that. So we had one critical site um, in the U.S. and Wisconsin that probably since I joined the company, just keeping that entire team staffed and running smoothly and was a a constant challenge, um, especially at the end of the quarter, the, uh, the company that I worked with previously was a very quarter end based company. And the third quarter every year was just a nuclear meltdown. And through the really, really hard work and, and problem solving and collaboration with, um, with the business, my team was able to solve that problem. I think they had like three straight quarters of everybody's fully staffed, fully trained at quarter end. Like there wasn't this, um, oh, we're going to throw somebody in here. We're going to throw a temp in the last week of the quarter and they're going to have to figure out how to how to do this thing in medical device, especially when we've got so many different products and part numbers and things like that in one building. So um, that that was a really big milestone for the team. 
especially given the competition in that area with Amazon putting in another yeah. um, uh, distribution center and, um, you know, the big heavy delivery, UPS, FedEx, all that jazz. So that was really, really cool to be able to just be able to finally put that team together. Yeah, I was going to say kudos to you and the team because I know even from a couple of years ago when you and I spoke, that particular area of the country and that particular site was super a, a huge yeah. thorn in your side. And so to have put some things in place to to um, make it a little bit easier and figuring out a recruitment strategy that works, yeah, a lot of credit to you guys. Good job. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Let's hope audio works here. Uh, my placement is an interesting one because I would say it's me. Uh, so 12 years ago, I placed a woman in the quality space. I, I used to focus on quality and regulatory. And her sister happens to be a recruiter who works at Collegium Pharmaceutical. Wow. And recruited me to come work here. <laughs> so it, it was a really interesting example about the relationships that you build over the course of your career that here a relationship from over a decade ago might result in my own self getting a position. And so certainly I, I hired a bunch of people at Beta. Most of all got laid off, unfortunately. So I'm not sure I'd call them my, my placement of the year story. So I figured I'd go with myself <laughs> in such a small role, you know. And the one, I mean, first of all, that's amazing as it is, but the one piece that you left out was that you got recruited to be that person's boss. Yes, yes. So clearly so, she had to also think something of you as well. Wow. Yes, and now I look at you, her sister from 12 years ago threatened my life, of course, if I try to tell her what to do. <laughs> so, that early on, uh, I'm, I'm going to be here as support, not as uh, the, the dictator. <laughs> That's that's awesome, man. Did you so you had that relationship with her sister years ago? Did you know her? The I can't, I'm saying sister on the so the person that you knew 12 years ago, it was her sister who works at Collegium. Did you know her sister over the years, or this was we we met once, we talked by phone, but you know Anita and I were both you know this was 12 years ago. We were junior in our career, and we, we weren't really that savvy at networking or understanding the benefits. So we had the one conversation. We were both agency side, so, you know, functionally competitors, and, and kind of lost touch after that, never really maintained contact. Um, so, yes, I did know her a little bit, but not the way that, you know, you might expect, you know. Mm -hmm. Awesome stuff. Well, and what a great example of the power of relationships and the power of networking, the power of, of keeping good ties, right? And yeah. I always try to, you can never stress it enough, just how truly small the world, the world we live in is, let alone the industry that we work in. And how important it is both, if you're listening to this from a company perspective on how important it is to keep good ties with folks, even if you're not hiring them, to try and do give some sort of goodwill and, and give some good communication throughout the recruitment process. Or if you're listening to this as a candidate, you know, to be respectful and to really appreciate the connections that you are making, even if it's folks that you're not going to be working with, because you just never know who knows who. No. And uh, much better to be above board than to, to go and let things go awry for no reason. So 
Awesome stuff. All right, Sapi, what do you got? All right, man. Yeah, and like you said, don't burn bridges. It's a small world. Um, karma is a real thing. So I've been grateful. Like Penny said, they all they all were special to me. Um, three stood out, uh, kind of stand out to me as I look back at the end of the year. Two, for similar reasons. So they were both with their company for a long time, you know, eight years and 11 years, respectively. Um, one gal joined a, a company in early cancer detection. They were on Times, on the cover of Times this year, a big, big you know, splash and they're doing some really amazing work. Uh, and one gal joined a, a, a startup doing really interesting work as well. And both of them had a similar path. I, I kind of think back to my initial conversations with them. They weren't actively looking, helping them navigate some, you know, exploratory conversations with, you know, the, the respective companies and then staying in touch with them over the past, you know, I think four months and seven months um, while they've joined their new company. And it's just so cool to hear them. Um, you know, they're excited to go back to work again. You know, it's it's new technology. They were nervous, you know, because they had a learning curve. They, you know, I, I commended both of them for taking the leap of faith. You know, they left something that was very familiar um, and that's hard to do. You know, we've all done that and, it, and it's hard. So it's cool to hear that, you know, we all work 40 plus hours a week. So in addition to the money and the scope of responsibility and the career path and everything else, just really enjoying work again uh, for both of them has been super rewarding. Um, I, and I like both of them uh, as pers- as people. And then I like this other guy as well. So the kind of the third story, I just spoke with him yesterday, actually. He's new, he's like a month in, um, but he was able to overcome kind of that catch 22 for SAMD, software as a medical device. We, you know, that's a very intriguing space that, that we recruit in. And usually there's like, hey, we only want people that already have X, Y, and Z. He was able to piggyback onto his, his previous experience and then get into something he's very, very passionate about. So I, you can just hear it in his voice. Um, ironically, he, he lives in your neck of the woods, Nick. Um, and, and so that's really uh, exciting to hear. And, and I'm, I can't wait to stay in touch with him over the upcoming months and years. Um, but just a good good guy, good person, and and so grateful for this opportunity. And I know he's not going to take it lightly, and I know he's going to kick butt. So those are three. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, the average tenure, I think, is like two and a half years. Let's just say between two and three. And these folks you mentioned were eight and 11. What was the main motivating factors when you called them as to why they would were at least open at the time to hear you out? Different. They had different reasoning, different reasoning. One, the, the gal that was there at her company for 11 years had some, there was some instability with the company. There was some reorg and realignment. And, and I think complacency essentially had set in for both of them. Um, they were so familiar, so comfortable in the roles. I'm not saying they could do the job stand on their head, but you know, it, it wasn't as challenging anymore. It wasn't what they came in to do. A lot of times, you know, we, we see this, there's two types of people. People like to build things and, and grow things and develop things. And then once it's, you know, status quo, they're like, hey, I'm bored. I'm out of here. I want to go. I want to go to a broken company, like Nick said uh, last week. You know, uh, or not not a broken company, but a system where, hey, I don't want to go into something that's just uh, boilerplate and plug and play. That's not fun to me. I want something I'm either building from scratch or that has improvement opportunity for improvement, uh, stuff like that. I think that's the those are the A players in a lot of cases anyway. So both of those. Uh, both of them, I think, found themselves in that situation after a decade-ish, you know, uh, uh, at their current company. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, similar to Shandon, you know, a lot of the work that I do for our company is on the um, the company side, business development and building new relationships. Although I was involved with a couple placements end-to-end this year, and one of them 
was probably out of the 14 plus years that I've been a headhunter, one of my toughest deals. And, and the reason is <clears throat> um, a couple of things. I had known this person for almost four years at this point. And every time we approached her, it was kind of like, I think I want to dip my toe in, but I, I'm not ready. I'll get back to you. And to finally it got to the point where she's like, okay, you know what? It's, it's time. And so after prodding her for probably three weeks to get the resume squared away, we got her involved in a process. And the more real it became, the more nervous she became. She had been there over five years. And she had a couple of factors. She had stock options with her current company. The company that she was going to go to did not have them. She was up for a promotion to the same type of position internally. They were fast-tracking her into a leadership program with the intent of promoting her early next spring to the same role that she was that she was interviewing for. Um, then the VP, which was two levels above who she re she reported to a director who reported to the VP. The VP came to her and said, "I think we might be able to expedite your promotion. Hang with us." Um, the salary was going to be really thin margins between what she was already making versus what we could offer her in the new role. And there were several times, <clears throat> excuse me, there were several times where I gave her the professional out. I said, how does this make sense? I said, why don't you just stay where you're at? It seems like everything points to that making more sense for you. And there were many nights where I said, go to bed, think about this, come back to me. And let me know either way is okay, but I don't think you should move forward. I think you should stay where you're at. And probably three different times over the course of over a month, she it, she wouldn't let herself be removed from the process. There was something keeping her going. And at the end of the day, yes, we were able to offset some of the stock option situation that was unvested. Yes, we were able to offset what she might be losing in her bonus with a, a sign-on bonus. She was going to have to relocate. That was another thing. But here's what ultimately helped her decide that she wanted to move forward. She felt like it was time to take on a challenge with a different product portfolio. It was time to give herself a stretch with working with a different group that than she had with the last five years. And she was excited about a new geographic community and new friends. And, and she was pretty much in tears throughout the whole thing towards the end because she knew it was the right decision, but she really didn't want to leave her the people she was with. <clears throat> and I try to stress that number one, if you have these great relationships, they're not going to go away just because you're working in another organization. It may take a little bit more effort because you don't slack with them every day or you don't see them on video every day, but you still have those connections that you just need to put in the effort to maintain them. Two, she felt like she was letting them down. Like, hey, they're giving me all the opportunity I'm asking for, but yet I'm still leaving. I said, well, they're giving you a couple things that they can't – the new company is giving you a couple things that they can't give you. So that's why your, your inner voice is still telling you to move forward. And so she was really, really worried to turn in her notice to her director and VP because she felt like she was letting them down. Instead, they pleasantly surprised her and were very, very supportive and understood why she was making the change and actually were in her corner that it was the right decision. So it, it was really interesting for me because – Everything pointed to this should not be a deal. This should not be something that should be put together. But the candidate saw more in it that that felt like she should do it. So that was mine. She was a regulatory affairs. Uh, I think she was a principal at the time. She was going to become a manager. Oh, that was the other piece that made this interesting. The position at the time was a position that did not have direct reports. They wanted her so 
badly. I shouldn't say badly. They really want her on the team that they restructured the position, got approval all the way up through their corporate office, which this entity reports into in a different country to be able to restructure the position to give her a direct report and build a team underneath her. So good stuff. And it goes to show you when you've got a company that really wants talent and a candidate that thinks this is right, you figure out a way that the pieces do fall into place. So Good stuff. Heck yeah. And kudos to her previous former leaders for being stand up about that and yeah. and uh, and recognizing what's best for her and not necessarily what's best for them, because I'm sure they were in conflict uh, with each other. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Big time. And what was interesting is, you know, you, as recruiters, we prep about the fact that a counter offer is inevitable, whether it's the monetary piece that everybody thinks about or the emotional piece where it's like. They pull at your heartstrings. How could you leave now? Things are going so great. What are we going to yeah. do without You're you? Like family. <clears throat> yeah. Well, both of those had played out along the way before we presented the offer. She got an increase in her salary already uh, throughout the process. And then they were already saying, hey, we're going to do this stuff this year. We're going to do this stuff next year with you. So it kind of played out in almost like picture perfect scenario of what I was telling her it was going to happen, did happen. But by yeah. the time the offer was ready to be extended, she had already dealt with a lot of that on there mentally yeah. yeah so um guys cool you know on the record thank you so much to each and every one of you for being support to the podcast for all the great value you shared episode after episode uh for really just being advocates for what we're trying to do as far as building this community and being supportive of that really appreciate it wishing all of you guys a great holiday season to the audience thank you again for for tuning in and uh being a support to the show we're always interested to understand you know what's on your mind what topics you would like us to see covered both from a hiring and a career perspective excited about what 2023 is going to bring all of us and uh signing off for for the year thank you guys thanks for listening to the med tech talent lab podcast for more content rich episodes log on to the anthony or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.